Chrissy, are you gonna? Yep, we're good to go. You wanna say for the vote for who needs to be chair? Or? Um, so we do not have the chair or the vice chair here tonight. Um, so you all need to vote on who's going to be chair. Um, you all last time nominated Greg, so Move he to is prepared. Greg. <laughs> Second. All right. Well, then I'll do some housekeeping items before we start the meeting. Uh, to confirm, in addition to normal publications of uh, adjoining property owners, newspaper legal notice, posting it on the physical site, uh, the Zoom video conference contact information was also published on the county and planning website and posted to the meeting agendas through the county website. Uh, to confirm, meeting is also available on Zoom. Uh, we do have one participant who will be uh, presenting for us later on today. Uh, noted is important that commissioners, staff, petitioners, and public uh, be muted unless speaking. Uh, I think Dave is pretty pervy to our procedures, so I'll skip that. Um, and then Bear, only having Bear here as well, I think the rest of the um, needing uh, speaking um, minutes is kind of the same. Um, so I will call to order uh, planning commission meeting of uh, May 5th, 2022. Sarah, if you would uh, conduct a roll call. Sure. Uh, Steve Warnke, Brian Kelly, Andrew Benjamin. Here. Uh, Bill Norris, Brad Yeager. Here. Linda Miller. Here. Uh, Jim DeFrancho, Paul Beast. Here. And Ben Here. And then uh, also Christy, Alan, and Chris are here for staff. Uh, petitioner here is Bear, uh, and you are here, I would assume, for the um, zoning item that's for consideration. Uh, it's for the JLB replac. All right, perfect. And no one else from the public is here. Um, before we start uh, the meeting, I'd like to, or uh, we'll have a public comment right now for anything that is not part of the agenda. So if anybody from the public wishes to uh, say anything that's not on uh, today's agenda, please come up right now. Seeing none, um, we'll go next to the approval of the minutes. Uh, sounds like there might be some corrections that are needed. Uh, on which one? Um, are you needing? Minutes of April 7th. <coughs> Unless I missed it. Um, yeah, it's the ones for. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. No, no corrections no, on April 7th. No, there is no problem. All right. All right. Then. I have one thing. Sarah, on the starting item, is it two, PL2 2022 or 2021? 
Turkey. I think those are the minutes up that are up today, right? Uh, I, I don't have them in front of me. I don't either. Um, if we could just double check that one, because I wasn't sure which ones were up tonight. I think the PL number was incorrect. So, so what am I checking? The Starkey PL number? PL, it should be PL 2021, not 2022. Okay. It should be, that's the correct one, is 21. 21. Okay. And that was the um, Alpha Makers? Yes. That's on the April 7th ones. On page five at the very bottom. Yeah, activity. Yeah. You have it as um, 2013. No, it no. should be 202013. Uh, gotcha. Okay. It should be 202100. Oh, 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 is it, it 2021? The beginning part? The very beginning. Yes, the very beginning with the, what the activity number was. Yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, hearing no other uh, corrections for. Uh, April 7th, uh, Chair solicits uh, for a motion. Motion so moved. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 All right, uh, meeting minutes approved. Uh, next uh, part of the agenda will be meeting minutes for April 21st, 2022. Any corrections on those minutes? Move to approve. Second. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Minutes carry. Uh, next on the agenda is consent agenda. Um, we will um, see if uh, see if any members of the commission uh, move to um, to pull any of these consent items. Seeing none, chair motions for solicits for a motion. Motion approved. Yes. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 All right. Next, we will have items for consideration. And that will be for. Item number PL 2022-0019, a zone change for agricultural forestry to low-density residential. Uh, so the applicant has requested to table this application in order to amend their application. Really? How long did they request? Uh, so it's going to have to be re-advertised and referrals sent out again. So. It's table. You can table it indefinitely, and then it'll get re-advertised. And we don't have to specify a date on no. that particular one. We typically do that if um, we don't have to re-advertise, um, but in this case, we will anyway. So we don't have a date for you. Excellent. Motion to table PL two zero two two zero zero one nine Peterson rezone of Second. one thousand Huckleberry to be tabled indefinitely. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 
All right. Well, well we're just like <laughs> <lying> <laughs> through. Through. Love to be famous. Right along. Our last item, which is the master plan update. So um, Dave and I will be presenting an update to you all, uh, provide you a progress update where we're at, revised schedule. Um, we'll review the role of the master plan, how uh, this information will um, and can be used. Uh, key takeaways up until this point and um, share with you the survey results uh, that we did um, back in March. So um, are you able to share your screen, Dave? You bet, I'll pull it up right now. And we could probably skip ahead to slide three. Um, so um, I met this morning with Steve, um, Beth Mountain, and Jay Harrington for the executive team um, meeting. And um, Steve says hi from the Bahamas. Um, he was having internet issues connecting. He ended up just calling in on my phone. Um, but he's aware of all this information. He feels good about it because uh, we went over it this morning. He said he was going to try to... Um, join the uh, discussion today, but um, I don't see him on the call. So so with that, this is the revised uh, snake, as we like to call it. We are uh, rounding out um, from April and May and behind the scenes, scenes drafting the plan. We intend to schedule a joint meeting uh, where we'll discuss this next. June 9th is what we're looking to do now. Um, it is an off planning commission meeting. Um, we were trying to schedule it for the second, but the county commissioners will be out of town that week at CCI. We typically try to schedule it on one of your nights as opposed to theirs, um, as you know, just pretty typical. Um, so as of right now, it's tentatively scheduled unless I hear from you all that, uh, that date won't work. I tried to keep it on a Thursday. So it's pretty consistent with your regular days. Um, and the intent would be that you would get the draft plan in its form uh, two weeks before we meet to discuss it so you can digest it. Um, <clears throat> and we would get your comments and then it would go out for a public review comment period after that. And we'll bring up those dates next. But I want to point out, you know, what happens after the plan is adopted. So we go back out to all the municipalities and to all the stakeholders that we met with um, during the public outreach on the plan that gets adopted. So the work doesn't end after um, the plan gets approved. Um, that's really when the work begins. And more importantly, uh, that's when the plan gets implemented because we're gonna be starting to update our regulations based on the direction and the recommendations that you all approve and adopt in the master plan. So uh, next slide. So here are some dates that do need to be revised. Uh, so the draft plan document, um, we should have that in its, um, in its uh, draft form uh, to send to you all um, on May 27th. We are intending to schedule that joint work session. Um, that will change to the 9th. Um, we just, the commissioners just found out that they're not gonna be here on the 2nd. Christy, will we have a regular planning commission meeting on the 2nd? We will, um, provided we have um, something to talk about. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I want to try to be able to have this item, the only one scheduled for that night uh, to really focus on the, the draft master plan. So um, to be determined, uh, Linda. That night um, is a Thursday. It will be, a, yeah, the ninth is a Thursday. <clears throat> and as soon as I know I'm coordinating with the BCC office now, I'm trying to nail down that date on the ninth, I think, I'm pretty confident it will be on the ninth. So I'll let you know as soon as possible so we can block off our times. What's that? Um, possible conflict for me. And I know I won't be here. Okay. Okay. Um, what's that? <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Sign up. But yeah, we'll, we'll do a, a polling and we'll make sure that it's coordinated. Um, obviously, you'll get the plan beforehand. And if you have comments, and we'll go through some housekeeping of what the expectations of what that meeting will look like. Um, we then send the plan out. Um, so we'll, that date will be bumped back, but it's a two week public comment period on the draft plan. And then final review will be throughout July where um, it will be you know, publicly advertised. We'll have public, an actual public meeting with planning commission and the board. Um, and you'll hear about all the comments that we've received and make those decisions if you wanna incorporate any of those comments into, um, into the draft plan. And then final adoption is slated for August. We're on target for that to be adopted. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long-term goal of mine to be here for all of this stuff and like August. This summer for me is just horrible. August at some point I'm taking my kid to school, you know, like it's like I'm Andy like, for you. I'm you let me in. know. I'm going to move on your schedule. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but if, if you got all know that if you have something planned, let me know because I can try to just coordinate to a, a time that we're all available. Um, and then um, public outreach, as we said, uh, will begin in the roadshow September, October. Next slide. So um, the approach to the review process, um, you know, we really wanna point out what the county's role is um, throughout our objectives and action items. Throughout this process, we have heard all sorts of recommendations, right? But not all of them are in the county purview. So we wanna make sure that that is clear and you know, we're not putting items into the master plan that the, can't, the county can't do or it's not our jurisdiction. Um, so that's gonna be really important for you all um, to flag as you're, I mean, we're doing that job hopefully before you see it, but you're that, you know, second set of eyes, you know, and then as well as the technical draft review. So are there gaps or omissions that need to be made, but we really want to avoid wordsmithing. Um, you know, that's what we got Sarah for over there. And uh, I feel concerned with the schedule. <laughs> it's, we're going to work it out. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, so I expect it's going to be more so we'll go instead of line by line, you know, it'll be chapter by chapter when we, when you see it at the joint meeting and we're really going to be airing, asking you all, are there areas of concern, you know, and we'll get all of your feedback and then we'll do a quick turnaround to make those changes to get it out to the public. Sarah, you're scaring me over there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of work on mobility chapters today. <laughs> so um, next slide, Dave. So we, um, so just the role of the master plan and what you can expect in it. You know, this is a high level of review of the issues facing around county. 
Um, it's going to list the policies and goals uh, that are important, um, what we have heard. There'll be implementation of the plan, um, which would be the next step, and that is updating our zoning and subdivision regulations to make sure those goals are implemented. That's how that works. And then um, last, you know, we're, we're going to be through that process of the amendments, we're gonna be exploring all different types of mechanisms um, that are available to you to implement those goals. An example of that would be of the survey that's you know, creating all the rage out there, you know, um, you know, some of the items that are not going to end up in the master plan in that form. It's more or less, and I'm referring to the limiting of the house sizes, which we will get to, um, but that would be an example of something that you could potentially see in the zoning regulations. What you would see in the master plan would be more of a broader recommendation, and it would read something like the county supports um, reducing energy, um, re reducing energy costs and let me add here on. Um, <laughs> the county supports reducing energy use in new and existing structures. And then, and then the action item would be the county will explore ways to do that. Um, and that is just one mechanism that we had heard through um, our initial outreach um, and through our TAC as a recommendation. And knowing that it could be highly controversial, we put it in the survey intentionally just to get that initial feedback and see is that something that's way off is it supported you know and it's just really to test those waters um because we can use that information later in the process christy i got a question with the zoning and subdivision regulations that you want have you already got like a laundry list of things that you want to change or oh, yes and, our regs definitely need to be updated um and we before this process, we routinely keep, we call it a housekeeping list, even though there's items that may not be housekeeping. Um, they might be like actual amendments and things that we really need to consider, like short-term rentals, right? Um, so we routinely keep that list and yearly, we go through an amendment uh, process. Some of you have been through that process. Our list is about two years long now um, because we started this process and why are we going to do these piecemeal updates when we know we're going to do a larger one. It's been a minute since we've... It's what? It's been a minute since we've done it's this. It's been with Chad, I think. Housekeeping. Yeah. I mean, yeah, before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, is, so so it's about two years. Sense with mm -hmm. what you're doing, so. Yeah, so um, yes, we do have a list. Um, is it specific to zoning and subdivision or is it also include areas in the master plan that have you know been unlacked clarity yeah um so that's a good question um our housekeeping is specific to the amendments but going through this process you know we have um pulled out items in the master plan that we knew we wanted to focus on so it kind of goes hand in hand uh, but um but to answer your question the housekeeping list is specific Perfect. to can that be shared with us yeah that's good. The That's the housekeeping list? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Good. I think it would be just good for ideas of right. creativity of being like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and, and that's like some of, you know, what we're going to go over tonight from the survey. And that's what a lot of some of those items are, too, for you just to start thinking about this is what we're hearing. We're not saying you have to do it. 
It's just, these are what has been suggested and this is how the community feels about it. So you can use that later on when we go through the, the, that exercise of updating the, uh, the actual regulation. But, but Red, to be clear, the master plan gets adopted first and so it will be completely revised right. and then that informs the direction process. Right. I'm just, I would like to see that list ahead of time just to help. Focus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, wrote it down. <laughs> Sometimes it's like simple things like spelling or things like <laughs> And that would be truly housekeeping things that we find wrong. But then there's things bigger. like, as an example, our county attorney has wanted us to include a definition of temporary. And we don't have a definition. And it's always just been, it's been a policy, if you will, that temporary means 30 days or less. But it's but not really it, written anywhere. And then it also depends on what use you're Right, for that decision, temporary. Yeah. yeah. Right? He wants something that is across the board, can be applied to every single use, which I don't think is possible. Yeah. Temporary yeah. event, 30 days. Yeah. So uh, and, and, and the process is, I mean, it comes to all of you first, and you make your recommendations, and ultimately the board, um, you know, will um, approve that based on your recommendations. But typically in the past, you've both been pretty um, on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys provide suggestions and options and then we can talk about and then add to those and then come up with our preferred language it goes back to the exactly. board it, like it goes through this whole review process yeah times. yeah we so the, those would be examples review. another would be like our non-conforming use regulations which is section three um and that is something that you know for a while we have flagged that we definitely want to um Make more understandable. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, each of us, you'll read it, everybody's going to interpret it differently. It is not clear and um, and it could be better. So, um, anyway, cool. so those would just be some examples. Go ahead, Dave. Um, so, obviously, um, this information is going to be part of the implementation. We went over that. Um, and then it also sets up a lot of the next big moves. And um, so some of the information we're getting back and the feedback on short-term rentals, for example, will help the county commissioners um, make policy decisions on short-term rentals. Um, you know, regional mo mobility projects. So we were talking about Union Pacific, you know, uh, so a lot of the information we have obtained can help make some of those, um, th those important uh, decisions happen. And then um, land use code updates, as we mentioned. And then also, a lot of this information will help leverage a lot of the other plans that are actively going on right now. Our plan will be adopted first before, say, the wildfire, wildfire mitigation plan that the county's working on. That's a joint effort. Um, also, the route recreation roundtable, they have their own plan going on. There's a destination management plan happening. And then also, as it relates to this group, the Steamboat Springs Area Community Plan. So that is going to be a joint effort by you all and, and the city uh, to update that sub-area plan. And so we can use a lot of this good data, you know, to help inform those other plans. That one's critical. Yeah. In my it definitely is. Um, so what we've heard so far, the key takeaways, um, we've mentioned this before, there's absolute validation of the existing master plan. Um, 
And so we're not reinventing the wheel here, we're adding to it. And we are um, adding new emerging needs around mobility, um, conservation and balance, alternative energy, water, continued ag and ranching support, as well as short-term rentals confirm the need for stronger policies, uh, which is really enforcement around our existing policy. Um, so I'm gonna hand it over to Dave. He's gonna take it away on the engagement and, uh, and the outcomes of the survey. Yeah, and this is kind of an important one that we like to you know, present this to show you, you know, the, the survey we present tonight is just that kind of confirmation, that last piece of a long layered process that has every, from every uh, piece of information we get, we put the feedback loop in so that we can test it the next time around. And that started up here with the first phase of engagement that you all did in 2020 um, about, you know, the strengths and weaknesses, priorities, uh, and uh, separated by regions. We kind of got that plus our first survey that we did once we launched the, the next phase of this project that got us our initial themes, right? And, and these, these bars, that horizontal length, that kind of represents the proportionality of how many people were engaged for that, for that section. Uh, and then these red ones are in-person uh, or virtual in-person in live meetings. And we had our first round of open houses hit, hit every section of the county. Um, we made sure that we had every, gave everybody an opportunity to, to come in, look at our maps, talk to us about whatever they wanted to and get some of those themes checked out. Uh, and then really critically are our technical inputs. And that's the focus groups that we set up. I think we had seven or eight of them where we put we took specialists from your community. We, uh, we, we brought them in, we had interviews with them and we had the conversation with them, with their peers. We also did a number of one-on-one -on -one interviews that were done uh, to make sure that nobody um, who didn't quite fit into that framework was, was able to give their, their input. We looked at all the data, we did mapping, we did physical conditions analysis. And all the while we had our technical advisory committee, our TAC, to help check us through and steer us through the rest of um, the inputs that we heard and, and uh, in their opinion, compared to their constituencies, what does this actually mean for the community going forward? Local inputs, which are municipal meetings. We had updates with you all and the board periodically throughout the process as we are doing tonight. Did another round of open houses. And that's kind of right around there is when we saw, okay, the validation of the existing master plan is there. We knew that. And then we saw some emerging themes that we needed to make sure that we tested. So after that, that was focused on West, West Steamboat area and Stagecoach specifically. Had, we did those online because of the circumstances at that time. That kind of led us into this, 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 uh, these next two surveys that were our focus surveys, the tax surveys. Uh, we, we, we gave them to TAC. We had them answer to, to kind of get at those gaps and assumptions. And are those the things that we truly haven't learned enough about. And that's kind of where we are today with this focus survey and some of the results that we'll get from you that we want confirmation for, from you all from and guidance from, from you all uh, so that we can make sure our final policies in the draft plan that's coming together right now um, is actually, is actually uh, uh, we're all comfortable with those. But just showing you, there's tons of inputs that we've, we've done here. Every stage we've, we've had loops that feed back into each one. Um, and that just wanna make sure that that was apparent uh, any questions on that before we kind of jump into the survey? Cool. Um, okay, so what, what we're calling the focus survey, right? This we identified the gaps. We had TAC help us out with that. We had we had you know you all too, and everybody else in the community that we we had heard from. Um, 
you know, kind of, I always kind of say hats off to you for a second survey that you get 832 responses from. That's pretty remarkable, especially since it was only open for two weeks. Uh, we used the previous surveys and input to get these, these questions. And in this case, and you might have some questions about this because other groups we presented the data to have, but we've had, we did quantitative and qualitative, uh, which are those open-ended comment, whatever you'd like on this subject, responses to these questions. Um, and that was important for a number of reasons, but basically in the first round, we didn't, we, we, we had some guided questions. This one, we wanted to make sure everybody had a chance to say what they wanted to say about these subjects. Uh, and then the planning department, your staff reviewed those comments to create the themes uh, that, that ultimately ended up guiding our, our policy uh, recommendations. Anything else, Christy, before I jump into some of the charts data? Um, nope, nothing okay. further. So, so we'll, we'll present our eight questions that we had in that survey. Uh, and I kind of would like you as planning commission to sort of respond to what we've heard from the community here. So I'll, I'll just present these and, and then just sort of ask initial responses, reactions, um, and try to, uh, and, and have the rest of the team jump in at any, any point in time. Uh, our first question was on short-term rentals. And Dave, hold on. I just, I just want to make one comment. So on these questions, you're able to select more than one answer. So when you see, when you hear that we got 832 responses, you start looking at these different, the response rates, and those first two are close to 800 just by themselves. So just keep that in mind that you were able to select more than one answer for this. And that's consistent with all of those, these types of questions. So the percentage is at more than Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Percentage of overall response if you were to choose all of all of your uh, someone could answer the first one as, oh, that's very important to me. And then they see they don't even read the second question and they say that's important also. But the first one kind of captured possibly that person's intent. It was some of the challenges I had with the way the survey was, but I'm sure it's yeah. There's more to it. And, yeah, and it's not like a statistically significant right. thing. This was really just um, kind of like like Christy was saying to test the water. So it's not it, it has no statistical yeah, and then it, it's also important to note that um, obviously we we purposely did qualitative and quantitative because the first time we did the survey, we heard from a lot of folks that you know they'd be like well, yeah, I, I wouldn't answer it anyway, you know, like any of these options. And so we wanted an other category and then an opportunity. People also had a lot to say. So we wanted to give folks the opportunity uh, to provide their comments, which people really took us up on that. And let me tell you, that was really challenging <laughs> for all of us to go through all of that data. We each took a theme and, uh, um, and, Anyway, we got through it and there was some good information. There was also just people, I think, that just wanted to vent, you know, and um, there were some funny comments in there, but for the most that you can only imagine. Can we read those? Yeah, did you all cut and paste that? You know, is, that a, is there a summary based on your words? Yeah, yeah, so. Um, can you get a word cloud? <laughs> well, we essentially did, so. Just so you know, as we go through this, you're going to see uh, Dave will present this data, and then there's a follow-up slide that summarizes 
the written comments. Nice. I was okay, I was trying to figure it's out. It's a little PC, so uh, and not for planning commission. Well, I, I thought I was trying to figure out when you said that. I was like, man, well, that four point seven. How many of those were your communists? Oh, they were definitely in there. Was it four point seven though, or yeah. was it one point two? I had a question about how many of those you hit. Yeah, so um, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I will say keep an eye on the other two versus the, the main selections because there are some that are inverse of this, which clearly means people had, like Christy said, a lot to say about the particular topic. But uh, the, the, the question was based, this, the, the current policy states short-term rentals are not allowed in unincorporated route county, and so which ones of these statements do you agree with? And overall, the strengthening of enforcement is is the, was the most chosen, at least say that. Um, and then the next one is it should continue its policy and not allow them anywhere. And and we kind of hypothesize, and you'll see with as we go to the next slide, they probably people probably chose both those together, right? They probably selected one and selected the other, and they probably didn't select these next two, which are Route County should change its policy and allow them in designated areas or none or no restriction at all. Um, so there's a clear kind of trend line there. And then the the other, which we'll go into here in a second. Uh, Kind of explains probably some of the questions that you might have at this moment but um any reactions or initial responses to this the 29.6 i think is kind of that one stands out i think on its own because like you said the first two might have been people would have selected together but the people who selected the 29 point of that that particular one they were very intent on what that why they selected that yeah and, and it should be noted as well that the um the the open-ended questions you could answer that even if you didn't select other uh -huh. like anybody could comment on the comment question even if you, had you didn't select any of them yeah the and obviously, we all know graphics stuff. attached to no, this. No, so that came up at the county commissioner uh, discussion the other day. Okay. And and also, what came up is we know that these are hot button issues for the now, sure. right? Sure. So um, one of the you know questions that came up is more than likely because there's so much going on our center around the city and what's going on with short term rental yeah, policy yeah, right yeah. now that there was probably a lot of people that were commenting based on the city's regulations. Their also. whole business model is built off of that. Like that. Yeah. And yeah. so they're, they're going Go to ahead. select it. There was not, and I think I know the answer, but out of the 800 plus, there was nothing that qualified where they came from. Not on this survey. But there was it, something so that only one person could respond. You couldn't answer more than once from the same computer. Yeah, so there was that, and but then also, um, Reading through the comments, it was it was pretty clear. A lot of city. Yeah, on on, on this topic. Sure. Was there a lot of people saying the areas of where they were thinking? That's in the next slide. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, go ahead. So go ahead. Right. So so some of these these dark bold ones here. These are kind of our main themes that as as each person did their their review of of you know emerging things or consistent things uh i think you got a little bit better of ideas we're talking about about county or city and so most respondents said that you know don't allow in the county i think that was that was a collective uh piece going forward uh and they want more enforcement of the existing policy and then there were some ideas about taxation and regulation 
Um, and that also the HOA kind of issue came up and then they should decide on the ACTRs even if the county does change their policy, which is kind of interesting. Um, that, that generating income for seniors and ranchers and these kind of select groups of people who, uh, who have it tough either way, that was, uh, there was, I, I believe there was some favor towards that and then balanced need for tourism. Uh, income generating uh, uses based on tourism with the needs of the workers that need housing. Um, are, you know, are the SDRs taking away that or, or contributing to that in some way? Um, so just quickly, uh, whenever uh, the staff tallied up comments, right? 106 of those commented <laughs> on the negative effects. If you were just to put them in a category, positive, negative. Um, and those themes were drives up costs, changes the county character, takes away worker housing, disrupts neighborhoods in the county fabric, all those things hearing. Uh, 84 of those comments, those people who probably just commented on, on whatever they wanted to do or said whatever they wanted on the on the need for taxation, regulation, and enforcement. Um, and it's kind of nice that they did give ideas, uh, which are uh, tax them as commercial properties, you know, um, enforce the policies and make make the fines steeper, um, license or regulate the number of them, or make long-term renting uh, an incentive for the owners rather than short-term and ensure consistency for everybody in all locations. Some of those things are kind of contradictory, but those at least were good ideas that were presented in these comments. Uh, 16 folks in those comments described any restrictions for an infringement on rights, property rights. Right? And then there were a couple ideas of where SDRs could be located, which was Steamboat Lake, Stagecoach, Treehouse, and Steamboat 2. Uh, team, anything else? Treehouse would mostly disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, I would say Stagecoach too. Well, yeah, I mean, the stagecoach has some HOAs in place that kind of, they, most of them say you don't, you can't do it, but they don't That's do right. anything about it. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, um, Treehouse is definitely divided, for sure. You know, and like, as far as SDRs generating income for senior ranchers and others, I personally feel that there are existing tools that we already have things like bed and breakfast we have these things that you can apply for that cover what this short-term rental is the short-term rental is the taking of a residential property and using it for a commercial purpose it's a it's changing the and challenging the very fab fabric of what zoning is mm -hmm. so I, I it shouldn't be allowed in residential neighborhoods this, this is plain and simple like for me and when you have a town that is converting hotels into housing and housing into hotels, you're ass backwards. You are upside down things. And maybe that's the future. I mean, I can tell you, like we in, in the county for unincorporated our county, we do not have people beating down our door saying they want to be able to short term rental. I mean, we get comments here and there, but it's not like that's not what's driving this. Uh -huh. It's um, it's more or less um, just confirming um, our existing policy is appropriate in the county um, is what we can tell at this well, point. Well, if only 16 comments were the absolutist, it's my property, I'll do whatever I want. That's also a recurring theme, as you would imagine. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Those 16 probably don't support short-term rentals anyways. They're just saying, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, we used to and have, they say it in every category, so you'll see. <laughs> well, we used to have um, the old guy from Yampa 
and I, oh, I'm drawing a blank on Conquer. Dick, <laughs> Dick Conquer. That was him. Yeah. That was he. Every time we started and would say that and validate the master plan, he would come out and say that. And like I said before, it's important to get those comments because sometimes in that madness, there could be a little piece of gold in there. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't. It doesn't shock me that there was only sixteen. A very low number of comments in general. Yeah. Just saying. Don't tread on me. Yeah. I'm a little shocked that there's only for six people saying like Steamboat Lake being kind of developable for STRs. Because to me, I feel like with how you it's platted and everything like that and the recreation potentials and everything that we kind of drive, that would be probably my only place of consideration that I would kind of think that could be a potential. Yeah, and that's I think that's what this confirmed. I would say like when we get complaints on short term rentals, um, <coughs> they are definitely we, we have little hot spots, if you will. Um, Treehouse is definitely one of them um, for and against. Um, but then also we get a lot up north and it's typically in the winter. And it's the snowmobilers. Trespass. Yep, racing up and down, renting a house, and the people that live there calling and complaining, and that those would be the two. The house and, yep. Yeah. But the two I areas. think Steamboat Two falls into that category of much more of a residential. residential. And their HOA doesn't allow it. Yeah. Um, but um, they're they're not wanting that to happen. That's correct. I think most cold. of these areas would not want it to happen, with the possible exception of half the population. Yeah. Half the owners. Yeah. I, I think, though, if there was an opportunity of the STRs and Steamboat Lake, that would grow exponentially. Yeah. I agree with Sarah. Yeah. I, will, I will pull up the 2019 survey that Treehouse ran and see what it says. Because I mean, the, the HOA did do their own survey. Oh yeah, and so it's because your the language in your covenants, people have interpreted it differently. Uh, well, it's, it's strange the way it's written. Realtors love to interpret it differently. <laughs> I can assure you, um, or just not interpret it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One or the other. You know. And then another thing to keep in mind is, I mean, we get we get. Um, I think what's happening, what I'm finding is because. There's so much buzz around this topic, especially in the city. Um, what we're hearing is there, there's so many out there in the county, you know, and the county's not doing anything about it, and we're working on it. But it's deceiving when you look up the um, VRBO site or Airbnb, because if you don't know what you're looking at, yes, it looks like it's peppered throughout the county. But there are ones that are listed that have permits through us as a guest ranch or a B&B. Yeah. So that's included in there, as well as specifically we a treehouse. Uh, what a lot of people have done, they don't short-term rent, they do month-long or more leases. And that is currently permitted based on our regulations and our definition of what short-term no rental is. No penalty for breaking the lease. Yeah, so, but, but if they break the lease, that doesn't mean you can't rent it again oh, yeah, to somebody else within that same oh, month period you have to wait. So feasibly, you could worse. rent up to 12 times per year. Yeah. And so there are a lot of those. Oh, um, I thought you were saying you could do more if they broke the lease. No, oh, okay. no. I was gonna say, oh, 
So, um, so you'll see a lot of those in Treehouse, but when you look, they're booked out for the month. And if we get complaints, a lot of them are um, registered with a local property management company and we can call them up and they'll provide us the lease to show and, and they know what the rules are. Um, they worked with us around, you know, what they can and can't do. Um, so that would be, you know, just an example when you look at that map, it's a little deceiving if you don't know what you're looking at in the county. So well, that's why I asked when Humble Ranch was getting, which we improved, their ability to do short-term rentals of their cabin and of their lodge. And I asked them, how are you going to advertise this? Because it does create that. You know, unless you know that you are looking at a guest ranch, which is, I think, what we discussed, yep. it fit into that category. Um, it, they mentioned they might use BRBO, but mm -hmm. they thought they would stick with their own website initially. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I suspect <laughs> yeah. they'll have to go to. But I have no problem with them marketing it no, I don't anyway, know. as long as they have a guest ranch permit. Yeah, we gave them the permit. Yeah. That yeah. It, creates the issue that Christine is talking about, which is for well, some we just get a complaint, a random complaint by them. somebody who's not even a neighbor, which you yeah. don't that's not a criteria, but yeah. typically it's a neighbor that's complaining, right, about the activity. Mm -hmm. And so we just got one this past week and it was for property up north. And when we did our investigation, turns out that it was a long-term rental. Huh? And it was on the RBO. And, uh, and the people are building a house in town and renting long-term, it all checked out, yeah. but it shows up on the site and it was just, and it was an anonymous complaint and it had to have been someone just seeing it on there. And they called the city first, first of all, was the first clue because they didn't realize it was just outside of the city. And then the city referred it over to us. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't see any reviews or anything. And yeah, I don't think that one came from you, though. Actually, oh. it might have come from Rebecca. But it is okay, because I had one that I said. Yeah. On that exactly. So that's just an example of, you know, what we've been um, dealing with. It's been hours. Hey, Dave, next slide. You bet. Yeah, so this one, again, uh, the lead-in that Christy mentioned earlier is very appropriate for this. Um, this is really when we're starting to look at the regulatory changes in the future that this plan can help set up. So one of those things that emerge from our technical inputs from, uh, you know, from, from TAC and from you all and others is that uh, what, what could... Uh, what can be done with larger homes that is, you know, as, as examples that we find elsewhere in, in Colorado um, to help with really energy uh, energy usage for for those larger homes. That's kind of the, the, the spirit of this question. Um, but keep in mind that it really does have, the rubber meets the road on the regulatory end here. Um, but the question is, uh, some counties have limited the size of the homes uh, to reduce energy use, maintain rural character, and just simply what statement best reflects your opinions and and you can see the trend line here is kind of interesting but the other one again i, I said keep it on that other it's way way more chosen than these these other selections so i think that gives us a clear idea at least to look, take a look at some of the comments but basically um as you go to um, from smaller to larger square footages um it the, the selections got smaller um, we, we go into the other uh, the comments unless Christy anybody else has anything to add to this one. 
Um, yeah, I would go to the next one to explain. Go ahead. Right. right. So um, again, it's 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 kind of that balance of people understand that that there needs to be some kind of um, uh, correction or or some kind of balance with with uh, energy usage. Um, I think we've heard from a number of, of other people that we present this to that it might not have as much to do with size, but more about other things, of course. Um, but the response was, you know, explore, let's explore the restrictions on the structures to reduce the amount of resources spent on construction operations upkeep. Um, what that is, is kind of still a big question mark, obviously, and that'll be have to be dealt with at the regulatory level. Um, and the other side of it is property rights and fairness that, that we just mentioned. So of the comments, this is the comments only, right? Uh, 62 were in favor of something, some kind of restriction. 28 of them would like to see a size restriction. 24 supported some other kind of tax or offset fee or something of a square footage uh, for the square footage restriction. And then 45 folks and, said- and Sorry, and included in those 24 that supported some sort of tax or offset, included in that was uh, strengthening the energy code, uh, or other tactics uh, yeah other tactics or restricting the types of building materials that could be used so it wasn't necessarily the, the comments weren't just related to uh, a size restriction but some other way of uh, mitigating that that type of effect through and we some got sort of tax throughout process. this process we have all sorts of recommendations on that as alan just mentioned um, but this was maybe the most restrictive and controversial, um, which is why we wanted just to test the waters on this one. Um, and clearly we acknowledge there's way more work that needs to be done on this. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but there are counties now that have come up with Pickin some- County is, is the example. Um, and they- Boulder has, I believe, a tax, whereas yeah. Pickin has an impact fee. Yeah, yeah. Um, the difference being tax would have to be voted in an impact fee is something that we could create. Um, <laughs> but um, but there's other mechanisms, you know, strengthening our um, codes, our building codes, and things like that are other alternatives. But clearly we're not just out there in the wilderness on this. There are counties no, this starting- is, Yeah, and like this. some of the counties in the middle of um, updating their master plan. And mm -hmm. this issue here has been one of like the driving forces of um, that they're looking to mirror something similar to what Pitkin County has done. Are they punitive, a punitive tax or fee, or is it a, a used as an incentive for smaller? Like, are they taxing bigger? Yes. And not rewarding smaller? Um, that's complicated. I think it's more taxing the yes. bigger. Taxing the bigger. Because, yeah. like, up until this time, the setbacks <laughs> of a property have been the maximum allowable size of a structure that could be built on somebody's piece of property. And it's really a function of economics that ultimately drive the size of the home. Um, it, this is the, this again is still for me is kind of a weird one. Um, I don't I don't know if I 
I, I would maybe try to look at it differently and make it something more that promotes people to build smaller houses instead of penalizing people for building bigger ones. And if they want to build a bigger one, maybe it changes their tax status. Instead, mm -hmm. you know, like when does too big become so big on the lot that you have no real chance of having an agricultural production on that lot anymore? Yeah. Just because it's grazed for 35 seconds one week of the year. Mm -hmm. So this one is still kind of a strange one when it comes to property rights for yeah. me personally. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like where we would be heading with this is some kind of support for something, but not being specific as to what that is. And then when we get into the update of the regulations, that's when we would start talking specific measures to help achieve that goal. And we've also talked about not just the primary, maybe focus on the accessory or secondary buildings, you know, limiting secondary um, structures or accessory buildings that is on properties as opposed to the primary. Um, I thought well, we were talking the opposite. Also growth. taxing when you have one, sorry, great, but if it's not occupied, and which, uh, you know, the two weeks out of the year occupied McMansion is taxed. Um, I, I know there are, I believe, at least in California, that's happening. I'll look and see mm -hmm. that's where it's quite a different, which is a different approach, approach to yeah. our energy consumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, part of it goes back to that discussion that the presentation that we saw at the planning summit a couple of years ago, back now, that there was data out there that says the denser populations actually subsidize water, sewer, electric, fire, police yeah. services. They pay more actually into the system and provide that service as a subsidy almost for the larger homes that are being built. Exactly. I don't know if the numbers work that way here in route county i never saw he didn't do a breakdown of route county yeah. but in some areas it, it's statistically proven that that higher density subsidizes the larger development and it's that the lower income that ends up paying for it mm -hmm. so. there's also i also see data and i can't remember but it was also many conferences that was about the relationship between house size and the number of subsequent humans that need to be employed to take care of that house, <laughs> you know, so the caretakers, the gardeners, the, I don't know who else, but there was some, so they were tying it in a, in a sort of almost like a, a nexus for like an impact fee type of thing to affordable housing because these larger homes require so much more service staff in general that there was a community that was trying to do a nexus study to attach it to an affordable Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, affordable housing initiative. So that they're going to actually people, be people to do the work. Well, not just there, but just in general in the community. Like, you know, each gigantic home requires this many hours of sure. generates level people to take yeah. care of it. So there was an impact nexus between those two. Interesting. Window washers. And I can't remember what, right. And I can't remember asphalt. what community it was, but mm -hmm. somebody was going yeah. out. The, 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 the fire department, the police department. Yeah. I mean, as you said, that, that is where it yeah. comes into. 
So, Christy, with your comment about the secondary houses, I thought like we were discussing, and it'll be probably a later question too. About secondary dwelling units. I, I was them. referring to accessory structures. Okay. Like we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That or the, you know, how big was the indoor basketball court, like full size NBA court, indoor, like with. You know, locker yeah, rooms, like everything. Thousand square foot structure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And like, part of me is just like, wow, man, that's pretty crazy and cool. I, you know. But at what point, where where we're evaluating it, and maybe it's fine if it's secondary to a twenty thousand square foot home, but we're looking at it as what's the primary use in that property? Yeah. Is that is that a you know normal customary you know accessory use and of it, a, it could of be a agricultural land or basketball <laughs> court. I don't know if you're going to get me to agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, well, the The only other thing that I would add yep. is as much as we vet the the information that we got, I think we also need to look at how do we fully vet the county that 832 in our secondary survey, and we're all happy that we got that many responses. Mm -hmm. To me, when you look at the number of parcels in the county, in the city, right? In, in all of the other towns. Or our population size. There, there needs to be some better um, communication to make sure that you get something in front of all of those landowners, you know, every landowner, in this county. <coughs> Otherwise, yeah, there's a lot of speculation mm -hmm. that, yeah. you know, that we're bantering around. Well, and it ends up being that way. We talk so, about that from the beginning of the process that the, 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 the low level of response was actually like statistically high for these right. types of surveys. It's challenging to get everyone so, to participate. So that <laughs> process needs to, we need to understand how do we get the best response well, ratio that we can well and we can i think the fact that you get those that that far end of the spectrum where people are like you know really making obscure comments does show some success to your outreach i don't know that the outreach is what necessarily struggles or is that much as that people just don't give a damn and they don't they just don't respond and right. participate well, like, and I also think that a lot of people who live in the city and work in the city don't necessarily have an opinion about what goes on on remote County Road 44. Well, they don't. I just don't think they care. They don't. Uh, they don't necessarily understand that they are part of it. Well, they're part of the county. Right. right. To them, it's it. They're that mostly is associated with Steamboat. You think of yourself as separate from instead of being a part of. Right. You know, I, I would be willing to bet out of the 832, the higher percentage. Is city of Steamboat Spring response? Probably. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. go ahead. I mean, you know, they're, everyone's got their ears up so much on short term rentals right now that any survey that comes up, they yeah, want to jump exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, so. And that was, and that's a good comment, Ren, because that um, is something that the commissioners touched on also is, you know, when we're going through this process, like we have to make sure that we're not just responding to the issue at the moment because this is a long-term plan, right? So, um, and there's gonna be the next issue. And so we just have to keep that in mind as we are, as we're moving forward. And, and you know, as a land in my profession, I look at ownership lists and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, there's probably something like 
somewhere in the 40, 40 to 45% of property owners in the county that have an, a mailing address outside of the county. Uh, absolutely. I think we could, you know, I could bring those, the treasurer could yeah. tell Even us higher that in, in our city. Than well, but yeah, I'm just saying from my own experience. Yeah, so right now. High percentage of mailing addresses for large parcels outside. They didn't respond. They probably didn't see this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I mean, that's a struggle we have whenever we're trying to create or amend regulations yeah. and just getting people to participate yeah. because you can scream as loud as you want, but people aren't paying attention. It's just like a beat your head. And then, and then what you want to do is yeah. with your outreach strategy and what we worked with um, CT on is, you know, just the different types of outreach that we've done because of, you know, looking at when we did the demographics and attached that to our last survey, just to try to figure out, you know, are we engaging, you know, all the different demographics and where we found we were missing actually was that 30, 40 something year olds, actually. And we all assumed, you know, those are probably working families and right. don't have time to respond to a survey. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do we engage them? And then, you know, just looking at the demographics of the people that attended some of our um, our different meetings out in the county and surprised to, you know, the, it wasn't your usual people you would expect that show up to every, you know, open house, you know, free food, whatever, right? I think, but I think that, I mean, it, it, speaking to your point about how many second or, you know, out-of-town out homeowners or not even homeowners, property owners there are, you know, this master plan really, though, is about the people who live here. And it, I mean, I'm not sure that, that somebody that owns property necessarily yeah, I, is in the same category as somebody who is a resident here when it comes to how much their opinion should matter. I, I, they still pay taxes. Sure they do, yeah. but, they, this, but that's not what know. this is about. This isn't a taxation issue. But, this is but it's, it's still about you know, master plan for guidance for the future. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have a fair representation of the county, for issues like this. Yeah, I guess the question is, then, what is the county? Is it the landowners or is it the people who live here? I would say it's everyone. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of what the big STR talk right now with the city is, is that people are feeling that they're not being represented and that's why Michael Buschino kind of was saying, I'm going to be the voice of that. And then, uh, you know, that- There's the conflict of interest. Where when you sit on these boards that, we can have, especially in this arena, we can have, we can air our personal feelings, but when you're making the decisions, you have to remove yourself from that. And in that particular situation, I think that's where the conflict kind of came in, where the business was running the decision and not necessarily what you have in front of you that helps you make the decision. And it's hard because, I mean, an elected official, the commissioners are from people who are voting them in and then they vote us in. So we're kind of by the people who are voting and not like what uh, Ren's saying with the property owners. And I do completely understand and kind of agree, too, that that's underrepresented. And it is kind of how this is programmed into how we got to where we are is that um, it was from the elected people who are voters and not the people who do have that kind of still take in this county as well. It is a hard thing to represent them 
or have that kind of thought process. Well, you, I think you in this you, know, you you I wouldn't want to just totally toss that their input out. I think there would be some value in getting more of it. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and, and so the process. And I don't know that. that Sarah's comment is only registered voters should get an opinion. No, 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 like no that. that's not what I said. I was well, asking the people question live here. is to whether, I mean, that's kind of the decision. Right. I'm just putting up that. I was just kind of black and white. Should only registered voters, you know, that's probably the higher percentage of respondents that we're going to get. Are those, is that good enough? When, I'm just looking at the survey results and the summary from when we did geographics and we did ask a question on tenancy and um, seasonal. We did have some representation for seasonal who took the survey. Um, obviously, there was um, mostly people that were year round. Um, as far as year round, um, you know, on that last survey, there was over 900 people that responded. So these are just the numbers. Um, as far as seasonally, one was in West Route, um, three in South Route, 12 in Steamboat, and North, uh, three in North Route who took that survey. Everybody else was year round and then it was broken up, but there was really good representation out in the middle of the county. Obviously there was a higher percentage in Steamboat as we would expect, but um, like, Let's see, like South Route so had 126 people. That 99% of the people that responded to the first survey live here. Mm -hmm. yeah. they do. Well, we don't know, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but we don't know if they live here and own a piece of property versus <laughs> they live here yeah. and well, don't own Well, property. you did gather some of that data. That's what I was yeah, curious. Yeah. Do we have, because that goes to, to rent, and I, I fall in Sarah's camp that I mean, I, I do recall there was a time when the only people allowed to vote in this country were white property owners. <laughs> I have some real problem with the, that concept. I do think representation really has to go with where you, you know, reside as much as anything. But at the same time, are these respondents property owners, non-property owners? If they're seasonal, so you I could have a second homeowner and you could have one of our bus drivers. I think drivers we can talk about it. this so, ad nauseum. I think the point of your, com your comment was we need to have better outreach when we're right? we need to, doing these. Yeah, we need to vet that process yeah, and, and how to best reach as yeah. many people yeah. as we can. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I think that's absolutely true no matter what. For issues like this. Yes, definitely. What we do in the and that's where we look to y'all so. being out being out in the community and being part of these other community organizations that you are a part of and spreading the word and letting them know hey we're yeah. we're on planning commission we're about to talk about something important that you should be aware of you should make your voice heard so but yeah duly noted right thank you thanks for moving that along go ahead dave all right. Yes. Thank you. Uh, question number three, secondary dwelling units was already kind of brought up a little bit, but the question was right now, uh, the county does allow them on all properties with the maximum habitable space of 800 square feet. So which statement best reflects your opinions? And uh, this pie uh, is pretty evenly split. So take, take for that what you will. The other was 14%, but some of our options at least were keep secondary dwelling units to 800, 
regardless of lot size, because there's some question of whether a certain lot size should have different standards for that max. Um, this here, the 14% about allow secondary units up to a thousand square feet, regardless. About a quarter of folks said allow them up to 1200 square feet only on properties with 35 acres uh, or more. Um, this green allows secondary dwelling units up to 1200 square feet, regardless of your parcel size. And then the other is where we'll get into some of the comments here in the next slide. So not, not uh, a whole lot of consensus here, which is probably makes sense. But if we go to the next one, I think we can jump into some of the commentary. But if there's any questions on this response, uh, or we'll just jump to the next one. Um, okay, and I can't remember who, who studied this one as much, but basically uh, I'll go over, over the themes and, and staff can, can jump in. Um, <clears throat> so most folks are, were generally in support of, of the secondary dwelling units. Uh, many believe that should not be used for short-term rentals. Um, some said in favor of a long-term rental requirement based on the comments again that we received, just the comment ones. Uh, and then again, the property rights fairness theme did emerge out of this as it, as it pretty much does in everyone. As far as uh, parcel size and what should the size be for changing the regulations or the max square footage, um, some 11 folks commented on 35 plus. You can kind of see as it as it uh, it goes down 10 to 35, less than 10, um, and then no restriction. And then maybe there's a sliding scale somewhere in between there. Related to dwelling size, most people commented on that 1200. Uh, again, as you remember our conversations with you and others, uh, that that's uh, always been the back and forth is, is uh, what is that proper size for, uh, for reasons of having a family, for reasons of having a caretaker, those things I'm sure we'll get into that discussion here shortly. Um, and you can see the results of some of these other square footage numbers that people had brought up on their own. Uh, nine, not nine folks said no restrictions and then um, 13 comments were larger than currently allowed. So any responses to this? And smaller is better in this particular, in my feeling, gut feeling on dead. Like at what point, when you have a 1200 square foot house, do you have six people living in that 1200 square feet? And then there's 4,000 square feet on, you know, the main house, I, mean, I live in a thousand square feet and I'm like, that's, it's small, but it's livable. Somebody that has my house on their property, it's kind of increasing density. Is density increase good in the county? Not, I mean, the density is supposed to be in the growth centers. Yeah. I well, and then especially on our resources and everything else too, you know, that's a you're adding basically a whole new property right there that's going to be, you know, doing the same showering and doing the same thing as the main house. And so then that you're just, you know, extracting almost a double. I, I guess, uh, I don't, to me, no, I feel like for rent. otherwise it's empty. Well, it's not directing to So they if I have 35 acres, why should somebody limit me to a 15,000 square foot house or a 1,200 square foot accessory dwelling? I, I mean, I get that on five acres, but on 35 acres, if I'm willing to pay the taxes and all the fees and build that out for free, I don't, I don't see why somebody does not maintain that. the rural character. And 35 acres in the middle of nowhere? It's not, though. 
Because the thing is, is like in the last 20 years, the valley floor from on the south has gone from no lights and really heavy agriculture true to nothing but large estate home and where the separates for me that's my customer like right. those are the people i work with but i i try not to let that the fact that i make my money off of that influence the way that i think that impacts the county from an overall standpoint i have to separate those two things i can't let the money i make drive this decision no, I understand what you're saying, but what you're saying is, is which I've, I, I'm working on, on appreciating, is that the more lights there are, um, the, the less that the counties can uh, be what it was, and that the size of the house has something to do with the amount of lights in, in the valley. Absolutely. The bigger homes definitely illuminate more. Sure. Well, and, and change occurs. Like I'm 100% down with the fact that change occurs. It's probably my one biggest thing when I say the master plan overall, I agree with it, think it's done a good job. But in that instance, I think the, the development that's occurred in the county was actually counterproductive to what the master plan actually had in mind. It just the master plan couldn't do anything because it's a state regulation on the law on the size of what people can do. And so build away, getting back to that. So on a 35 acre lot that has a 50 foot setback, hundreds in the front, 50s on the mm -hmm. side, some crazy guy wants to build a house lot line or setback. So he can, like he can, he totally, you can build up something that covers that entire lot from end to end if you have. The financial resources to do it right right and when going back to the size of the home i honestly think we should adopt something similar to what i understand from the city as far like there's a, a limit area like, ratio. Like, yeah mm -hmm. and then i totally get that but i i don't appreciate um somebody who has the ability to build what we ask them to do within our regulations at the size that they want to do it Something we should live. It's it's hard to sit there and be like. I've kept my mouth shut. I just <laughs> have to say something. <laughs> <laughs> we all appreciate and we're all talking about twelve hundred foot um, accessory dwelling unit on thirty five acres. I'm just like, give me a break. I think eight hundred square feet in the city is small. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I want my mother-in-law to live in a better situation than 800 square feet. Well, then I should be in the 5,000 main house with you. Right, she should get the 5,000, I should get the 800. At the Board of County Commissioners, and just to, I think they made some good points to share with you about, um, you know, what, what are, always thinking about what do we, what is the goal? you know what are we trying to accomplish and does 800 does our existing regulation accomplish that or does it not you know if we're going to increase it why are we going to increase it for for what purpose what is the goal and that's well what what drove the conversation when they made changes to this in 2017 yep 17 yep was affordability mm -hmm. that's what drove the change the whole like affordability conversation, yeah. which I never bought into that. Do you have any it. data on how many SDUs are actually rented out long term? 
I don't think we do. No. no. <laughs> and was there a big growth spurt when, like, in it was like 2017 when you expanded the? Uh, we liberated the regulations, if you will. You were only able to have a secondary dwelling unit and on 35 acres or more. And it had to be attached unless you had Over 50, 50 acres or more. And then it could be 300. Yep. Because I feel like that was a huge expansion once that regulation changed. Yep. And, yep. But the number you didn't see 800 permits come through trying to do that. It wasn't. It wasn't like this huge gold rush of development that occurred. Because there is the, the the affordability of building one 5,000 square foot house is gigantic, let alone adding another 1,200 square feet on the property as well. Right. The number of people that can do that are somewhat restricted. And so it's not like it's a huge, I don't, to me, it's not this gigantic problem that's out there in the world. To me, what I think the goal of secondary units in the county is, is mostly caretaker units and not the mother-in-law kind of suites or anything, because. Like you're saying, you can build a mansion, you're gonna probably be staying with your mother-in-law and something like that. Whereas it's mainly for that person who wants to have it as a hunting lodge or something else. And then they want someone else to look after while they're not there. And so that to like me is character. what I look at it as, is to be the goal is how, how, how many people do you need to have, you know, basically a couple or maybe a couple and a kid and that to make that fit comfortably in a caretaker. Right. As we go through this process, right, we have to continue to ask ourselves, you know, are we meeting today's needs, you know, the future needs of the community? And, and we know that they have changed. And so um, what was brought up on, on Monday was that, you know, the granny pod, you know, and um, the multi-generational folks now, you know, that that's more of a trend these days. And so are we meeting those needs? And, um, you know, and then is 800 square foot, does that satisfy that need? You know, but is, um, the, is the county responsible for meeting those needs? Or is the city responsible for meeting those needs? So those are the questions that need to be answered. Because the original intent of the SDU was to provide for that caretaker, that ranch hand, so that they're on the property. Now, if you're allowing a, a family to live out there instead of making them live in the city, then you're doubling the amount of traffic, you're doubling the water, you're doubling the wastewater, you're doubling all of those infrastructure impacts that the, the overarching theme of the master plan says should be on the cities. So it's kind of a, like when you're talking about increasing the size of the secondary dwelling unit, you're kind of in essence doubling the amount of density that's out of the county. And is that what the master plan wants? Is that what the community wants? So that's the that's the struggle with secondary dwelling units. How do we get more data to drive some of this conversation? You know, and is there does it exist from in the treasury's office of you know a parcel number and is there a secondary dwelling associated yeah we, we would work with gis and and um i think our and the assessors, and the assessors yeah. on that and we would be able to and we would when we i mean seriously you know how many you wouldn't be able to ever know if that was being rented out long term no to a family no but i i mean as you guys were talking i wrote down how many stus after 2017. yeah that's what i wrote yeah 
So I wrote that down and that is something that, yes, when we go through this brain damage, um, you know, or riveting uh, discussion, um, as some of us would call it, um, we would definitely, you know, present and have this data for you. But I mostly see attached over the garage units in the homes that I work on. The majority of people I know with secondary units have them as guest houses. Yeah, like they. The vast majority. They, they really. They don't rent them. They no, don't have a caretaker yeah. there. They have them as guest houses. On the large parcels, I agree 100%. Yeah. They're a guest. They're, they're just an extra spot for people to stay so that they can have their yeah. privacy and go about their business. And I would say most of the calls I get about short-term, uh, short-term, uh, secondary dwelling units, it's usually for that purpose and they want it larger. And, um, you know, that 800 square feet, I feel, you know, as we're reviewing the building permit, I mean, trying every way possible to expand that 800 square feet, you know, and it's for the guest house um, type scenario, what we see. I think this is a great conversation, but I think it's more you appropriate for the network. Yeah. Alan is keeping us moving. <laughs> We can get along. Wake up, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Tell the commissioner that. So, so, by the way, I was playing that role <laughs> on Monday. Oh, yeah. And usually, and usually <laughs> Beth, who's the chair, I mean, she is definitely like on schedule and whatever. And so I. Our fatal flaws is the last thing on the, on the agenda. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's true. So I kept on trying to move it along. She's like, are you in a rush? You have some place to be. And I was like, I'm trying to get you out of here. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, mobility. Okay. Uh, yeah, mobility. This is one we want, we wanted to drill down on, and it really is pretty simple. We asked folks, "What do you think the county needs to? Where do you think they need to invest resources to improve mobility?" We know we heard a lot of consistent themes about we want regional connectivity to outlying communities. We we pretty much said. Where do you believe resources should go to improve those, uh, improve mobility and transportation in the unincorporated county? We advise people to list their top three, and when they when they did, um, you can kind of see the the split here. Um, maybe there's some interesting things here, but as far as the the quantitative, extending the core trail to create a walking biking network in the county was the most selected. Uh, and then there's this clump of three right here, which is which is provide public transportation. Uh, invest, you know, this is also keep in mind, put resources to providing public transportation, provide resources to investing in road improvements, expanding shoulders, lane width, uh, and then invest in walking and biking infrastructure in Route County. Again, probably a lot of people choosing those at the same time. And the, down here, between 200 and 300 clicks, 32% of, of uh, overall improved maintenance on existing county roads, and very few people said other, which is kind of interesting. That's so um, funny that that is not at the top. <laughs> I find right. that strange. Yeah. I think you, uh, people were taking the survey where, yeah. where they're from. Yeah, this like, is pretty clear. But, yeah, you know, clear. the feasibility of a core trail extending to south route seems somewhat unfeasible, you know, really. Uh, like, it, almost one of those invest in walking and biking infrastructure in route county. Like, think about the trail that runs all the way up Glen Canyon. Oh, I, I, there is there opportunity, possibly. I don't know. It would be nice to have that traffic off of the highway, 
there's a total benefit to doing it. We seem like we're a little bit spread out in distance compared to Glenwood Canyon. What's the distance of the canyon? Uh, the distance that trail, I don't know, but it runs all the way from like... Yeah, is it a 20 mile trail? Almost fast. Well, it's, yeah. Well, I've been reading up on some of the city's work on the core trail and their grand vision was Yamba to dinosaur, but that was a combination of bike paths, uh, unpaved county roads. Yeah, and yeah. So it's not, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a core trail going to Moon yeah. Creek, but some kind of combination of core public, trail, public access trail. existing yeah. connectivity that can be linked up to form that right. trail. Christy's going to get it done with the railroad. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never have walking and biking on the railroad. They will never allow that joint usage of property. They their Oh, man. They yeah. I mean, are the most difficult entity to deal with. They are as powerful well, as the federal government. <laughs> but we have decades to work on this. Yeah. Next slide, Dave. I can tell that everyone's got nowhere to go because yeah. nobody's getting cold. They yeah. think this is a great idea. Yeah. Oh, there'll be a Tesla plant in Crack, don't worry. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, hey, aeronautics. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what the railroad will hold, hold their yes. desire will just to be to shift how they generate right, 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 right. Exactly. exactly it's going to oh, shift yeah. trade we'll try and that's such a huge and, and, and maybe commuter you know <laughs> that'd be cool but again joint usages they're just not that big on it i found in my past dealings with them yeah you yep. gotta know the right people go ahead dave right so so the, uh, as staff and, and team reviewed comments to find themes i think this one uh, on one hand this validates that one of the sh one of the big parts, the big themes for transportation and mobility is to make sure that looking forward, the county has the network that it needs for transportation and commuting, moving people to and from home and work as much as it does for recreation, and that both of those things benefit at the same time from certain projects. So, uh, non non vehicle, non motorized mobility option, multimodal options, alternatives. Uh, so many people commented on this one, I think. Uh, a lot of them just wanted more and more alternatives, which I think is consistent with almost almost anywhere you look, rural or, or even urban. Um, and then uh, uh, the, the concern for roads, um, you know, I don't know, correct me if you think this is, this is not as true, but certainly the focus on the commentary was on the multimodal options and alternatives rather than roads. And I think this some of this uh, might even reflect that in, in the quantitative piece too. Um, all of the above, you know, there's certainly everybody wanted, wants all of it and wants it all now and, or yesterday. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, transit, the transit, the regional expansion of transit with the things that are going on right now, uh, certainly I think it confirms that the county is going to support that going forward um, in, in the ways that they can. Um, but certainly got a lot of commentary on that transit service to outlying communities, which we know, I think we know we, more, we need more uh, of that now. Uh, and certainly in the future as people move out of Steamboat to get cheaper housing and so on. Uh, and then a lot of commentary on, on bike ped. And again, bike ped, not for, just for recreation, not just around Steamboat, but from Hayden, um, from in the South County um, for, for both commuting and, and recreation. So 
comments, responses. Next slide. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty straightforward. Uh, as far as special use permits, we asked, um, this is really re related to uh, that question. And we know that the community wants to support ranchers, but now the regulations do allow ranchers and farmers to su supplement their in income with special uses. So which ones do you support? This is really helpful going into land use code updates, as you all know. Here's some of our options and here's the directions that it went. Um, look, look at the numbers down here. This is probably the most commented on of all. So agricultural tourism was, was selected very highly as was ecosystem services. Uh, you can see some of the, the, the things that, what that means down below, but, but that's, that's kind of the need to include renewable resources and climate action into some of the discussion that we hadn't had in the previous plan. So we wanted to make sure that that was, um, that was included here. Weddings was selected somewhere in that middle of the pack as was camping or camping on private lands for certain fees called hip campings, the name of the company. And then it starts to drop off here, corporate events, lodging, activities, getting much, uh, you know, almost to half the, the choices of that top one there. Not many other, but we did get a lot of comments. There were a lot of comments around this question and the next one. And I could just summarize this really briefly to say, ultimately, people feel we need to continue to support the ranching and ag community in any way that we can. And it was divided by, hey, completely hands off. They struggle enough. Let them do whatever they want. So it was a lot of, a lot of like property rights type stuff. Um, but then the recurring theme was, hey, we need to support them in any way possible, but there should be some sort of verification that they're bona fide ranchers, you know? Um, and then a lot of people gave their opinions as to, you know, how to do that. Um, you know, a lot of it um, was about taxing, as you can see. Um, we are. Well, that's not on this one, but, um, but basically that was the overarching um, theme out of these questions. Uh, don't you think we are already, in, in my opinion, the master plan does yes. a lot to So to that's why 64% like, We're already on top of it, right? Yeah. So really what it's going to be is, my takeaways is that it's going to be during the update of the regs. And do we put in some standards to give you all to review that if somebody's coming in for a wedding venue, like the one that came out, um, Andy, I, I, don't, I don't know if you were the only one that was part of that conversation, but uh, Wildflower Meadows. Wildflower Meadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Which, kind of that, commission recommended that denial. That was a shock. And that, and that was based on the fact that that was, I mean, it was the primary use of that property was for corporate weddings. It was not the secondary use on that property. But you can argue, you could argue that a lot of these other properties have shifted. The agriculture has become a secondary use to their And that's part of your evaluation, but what I'm seeing here is that we need to evaluate our regs and provide you with more standards to work off of. Well, or even if, I mean, even if the income, I mean, I think this came up with maybe at BCC or maybe at the early tax level. Uh, I mean, even if the income from an ag operation isn't significant, if it's an ongoing ag operation and the other activity supports it, like how do you measure what's the primary yeah. and the secondary? Is it land area? Is it income? 
and that's a challenge. Is it, is it mapping? You know, talks, yeah. you know, wildflower meadows. It's, it, there's no ag. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. It's water consumption. Yeah, um, and I don't think it comes so, a good way to do it. So if you base it all on ag. It, It'll it, never meet that criteria, but that site maybe should be a wedding venue. Well, it was the only time the sheriff ever came and said that there was a traffic issue. Now there was a friends with someone who lived close, happens to be a famous musician. Like there's a whole, right. there was a side kind of thing to that deal. But to me, it was, it was, there's been only two times that I've seen that occur. Uh, Sweetland Ranch was the other one. Sweet, Sweetwater, Sweetwater where what is actually an agricultural operation and the neighbors threw such a fit that it got shot down. And it was shocking to me that it actually wasn't allowed. It got shot down by non-agricultural operations. It got shot, it got 35 shot, acres subdivision. It got shot down by the very people who, some of them rent their lease their land back and get tax credits right. for i brought that up during the meeting i was like how many of you out in the audience please raise your hand who have favored tax status by them grazing on your land. <laughs> i mean that, that's still agricultural land regardless of whether it's cows at what point does is there actually like a production occurring versus just simple grazing to get it right i mean that's it's it the land i don't know i don't agree that necessarily that simple grazing is uh, is the primary agricultural use time to move on <laughs> uh, Greg, did you have something to add? No, just no. I think we need some additional matrix to go into yeah, yeah. how do we better define exactly. It. So yeah. I think we're all on the same page there. That's yeah. Dave. Okay, the last two questions relate to the conservation and recreation theme, or or um, what will ultimately become that plan element that we needed to dial into some of these things. So. Uh, what statements most reflect your opinion on this subject? And here's what we have asked it. Uh, the top one there, uh, work with state federal land agencies to better manage parking in trailheads. Um, that's kind of that, that idea of the county needs additional uh, assistance or would like additional resources to do that rather than the county doing it uh, on their own, for example. Uh, second one, map sensitive areas and wildlife corridors work with landowners to restrict activities and residential development, followed by continue the PDR program to buy and place lands and conservation, designate access points, uh, put in stakeouts to the river, specifically to the river, <clears throat> and cre create review criteria where right now it's kind of by right. So what other criteria might there be? Um, and then that was those were the kind of the top four selected. Um, so maybe people chose all four of those. And then these kind of like bottom two here, consolidate recreational activities to dedicated use areas as defined by mapping and research, not, uh, not quite as many. And then maintain and expand county roads near trailheads was, was even lower, which is an interesting take if you think about it in certain ways. And then other was very low, low selected here, maybe just because people were tired of commenting, who knows, but uh, that's the <laughs> takeaway. They had already spent all their, all their keyboard strokes in the previous ones. Um, so that, that might make sense, it, it might not, but I think um, uh, continuing on with that, we wanted to uh, dial in on which landscapes have the highest priority 
it's kind of an interesting question, but um, I think it does tell a little bit of a story or confirmed for our team. Uh, the highest ones were wildlife corridors, waterways, wetland riparian zones, those sensitive ecological habitat kind of areas. Um, so that's that's our, our, our clear top, top choices. The, the, the other ones are forests, which do people who chose forests really realize what the county can not do with the forests? Uh, and then working lands, agricultural uses, and then the valley floor. Um, my, I think we've, and team can, can, uh, can build on this, but I think one of the quick takeaways for us was that the previous planning efforts and conservation efforts have done a good job kind of on these, which is why people might've chosen these other ones up top here as higher priority in this round of planning. So team, anything to add on that? Nope. Right, any, so, any so it's funny that the things that got the most attention already have some of the most restrictive things on them and what is the one of the main goals of preserving agricultural land got the smallest response that's kind of interesting like work work next to waterways and wetlands and riparian zones it is extremely regulated as to what you actually can do in those things wildlife corridors is a little bit vague just because they're probably not mapped quite yet, which that's being worked on. We just find it interesting that the preser preservation of the working lands didn't score higher. And maybe that goes back to Dave's point that that was the focus of the original one and it's all been hacked up in the houses and so why care anymore? <laughs> so it's weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. What are you protecting anymore? I think a lot of this reflects actually because I don't want to be valuable individual comments. And a lot of the individual comments are really talking about lands that haven't been messed with yet. Don't let them get messed with now. So I think that, that has a lot to do with it. So we're a United Cultural Lands. I think a lot of people are like, well, they are what they are, but these other lands, they're pristine in some you know relative fashion. And a lot of the comments were like, that's what we want to preserve. That's what needs to be protected. Yeah. Yeah. And that pretty much summarizes what you just said. There's a lot of quality yeah, about what you just said, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, and everyone can agree that more work has to go into trailheads, trailhead parking, and improving that one mile perimeter around these heavily used areas, kind of what the Forest Service and the BLM guys were saying about how to, to tackle the intensity of use in those areas, concentrate your efforts in the close in and then not so far out. I'm shocked that there wasn't more others of kind of keep uh, route wild type of thing of like, don't have anything anywhere near yeah, any of our. A lot of well, that was that a lot of that was were encompassed in these, you know, comments that were like protect the pristine. The top areas. four, yeah, like those top four things. Yeah, those that those are the people who were speaking to that for sure. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the hard thing really once it becomes policy to really nail those down because then you'll really see that shift of. And that recreation versus so much of it is on forest service land that are we don't control it. The, the amount of because like we've had an oil well come in front of us on and on forest service land, and the forest service guy was like, "We are a sovereign entity and don't care what you say." 
and we still had a lot to say about it, but you know, in the end, they were pretty much like, take that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, but when you think of like access and parking and all that kind of stuff, that's still going to be. As soon as he said sovereign, I was like, okay, come on now. <laughs> we have some interest in this. You, it's within our county. You can't say we have no interest. All right, Dave. Yeah, so uh, our, our maybe Chrissy, you you might be one that's sort of yeah. the final piece. So um, pretty much we discussed this before, so I can summarize that really easy. You know, um, <laughs> so I already went over what the public outreach and roadshow looks like, and what you can expect after um, adoption in August. Um, so we'll probably have. Um, each of you join some of those municipal meetings in your area um, to help spread the word. And, uh, and then, like I said, the real fun begins with updating our regs um, and preparing for that. And we do intend to bring on a consultant to help us with that project. It will be, you know, pretty much a, a big lift for sure. So uh, that's where we're at. It, what's the time frame for Updating and completion of regs. Is there, I don't think we've gotten that far yet. Yeah, I, I mean, standard. I would expect um, it probably be a six month yeah. um, or I'd more. Be surprised if it was that short. Yeah, yeah, um, six months or more. <laughs> so, if the master plan is approved, or if this is just like how do we function? We're using the new and improved master plan yep. and trying to shoehorn the old zoning and subdivision regulations around it until they get approved. Yeah. And are they approved? I don't think they're going to be that out of line no, yeah. um, once this is adopted, yeah. but there are going to be things so, that. Um, but that goes to my question. Can't does the zoning and regulation and the subdivision work have to be approved as a total, or can it be approved like by chapter? In other words, those areas that we know will be the most change or a new area, yeah, what um, we'll, we'll prioritize identified can they be done first, yes, so that they get, yes, like one of the way. items that we already know, uh, that's on that housekeeping list, and just knowing what is on our doorstep um, that is pressing is updating our energy um, uh, natural resource um, renewable energy standards yeah okay specifically um, solar um, things like that so um, that is something we are already looking to update first and so we're not going to be totally hamstrung to operate with an, an old set of master plan, no. but mm -hmm. old bricks. No, and I think the one of the initial comments made tonight really helps us in that is that we got confirmation that our existing master plan, that framework is still valid. Mm -hmm. And so that's what our regulations are based off of. And if the overarching themes are still valid, and, but we just need to make little tweaks here and there, I would counter with our overarching goal of the regulations 
matches that. So I think we're lucky in that sense and that we're not doing a complete 180. If we were doing a complete 180, then your comment or your concern. Sweating it a little more. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think we're lucky in that. But I think tonight we've identified there's some hot buttons that are definitely much more of a zoning uh, and regulation issue than they are the master plan. Yeah, exactly. And uh, is it going to take a while once we do adopt the master plan to actually start seeing it in practice as a commission? Because like everything will be kind of grandfathered in before that for the applications or since it's a new plan and it's not zoning or any of that, then those applications would actually fall under the new guidelines of the master plan. Does that make sense? I I would say once the master plan is adopted, from that point on, any application that is submitted after that would be subject to the new master plan. But anything before that would be from the old one. Yeah. In the sense that... There, I don't think there's that much. It's not that. But, but we could have a meeting where we have to look at two different master plans <laughs> and make a know. decision. Maybe. I don't think that I, my impression from a lot of the, you know, just the things that we've been working on in house is that there may be a lot of additions, yeah. but not that many subtractions. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's, said, like, it's basically we're not reinventing the wheel. If it was a 180, if it was a 180, then there would that would be a definite concern. But because they're in such close alignment, like maybe Tom, someone could technically argue yeah. about that they wanted to get something their way. They could be like, "Oh, you have to do it beforehand." But to me, like once it's adopted, we start running with it. But but if you do like go against something, that's going to be the hard challenge somewhat of kind of knowing which one you're talking about and which yeah. reg you're kind of, of we'll, we'll, we'll set you up in the staff report. So yes. we'll, uh, <laughs> point you in the right direction. Nice. <laughs> um, so that's, that's all we had. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks, Dave. Um, so uh, Dave, we'll be in touch if you uh, want to hop off. We're just going to go through a quick administrator's report. Um, you can stay on too if you have nothing better to do. <laughs> nope, that's <laughs> that's your call. It's only second. It's been my pleasure hanging out with you all tonight. Thanks for all the good feedback, but I'll jump off. That's okay. <laughs> Bye, Dave. See all right. See you guys. Later. Um, so, our next. Scheduled planning commission is on the 19th, but we don't have anything scheduled. You didn't see anything on there. Um, so I am calling it. Um, I did look, I didn't see anything unless somebody didn't send me an invite. May 19th, no meeting. Join session. Is it, I'm, I'm still confused about like what the, I mean, the timeline is now for when you could actually say that nothing's gonna be on it. Two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. So we would know by now, uh, but I, I'm just double checking. I didn't miss anything, but um, I checked earlier. Um, what's that? And then um, the next meeting is slated to be June 2nd. I don't know if we'll have something scheduled. There's nothing on my calendar right now, but because of that two week time frame, as soon as we know, we will um, send something out to all of you. 
but we can all expect the June 9th to be the joint meeting. Those of you that have conflicts, just let me know. Um, and then I can make a decision, a call if I need to um, shift that. Um, the alternate date was gonna be a Wednesday night um, of that week. So that would be the eighth. I have a Oak Creek comprehensive plan oh. review on that oh, day. Oh, exciting stuff. Yeah, exciting. Well, this, the discussion. What do you care about more? The discussion. This discussion prompted that review because it's five years yeah. since they adopted yeah. it. Um, and I think it's, I'm trying to catch a state volleyball game for my daughter. It might not be until the 10th that the game actually is. So I, I might be able to swing the date. Okay. But you were saying you're gone. No. You're gone. Is Steve back? Steve will be back. Okay. Um, and of course, this is going to be on Zoom also. So if you sure. have the time, you could attend over that. Yeah. So um, I don't see anything. I didn't see anything on the calendar. So um, the 19th, um, we don't have anything scheduled. We'll let you know about June 2nd, if we have any application uh, plan review. Um, and then um, save the date for the 9th. And I should know that um, in the next couple of days. Other than that, we're out. Motion to Second, all in favor? <laughs> all right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank no, you. no, thank you. You have not one participant in the. We were sitting.